Certainly is, Ved. Get in there. Um, absolutely buzzing um, to bring back uh, away days for you tonight. So welcome, everyone, to Loading Mag NUFC, uh, where we'll be uh, previewing the Fulham-Newcastle game. And as we said, um, it's been far too long. Two weeks felt like four weeks. What do you reckon, Rich? Longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely feels longer. <laughs> It's, it's like the uh, the summer after the final day of the season, isn't it? The waiting for this new season to start, or the transfer window will start, something like that. Definitely. You just need something to kick into gear to, to, to keep you going. And, uh, yep, we are back. So, uh, absolutely buzzing. And, look, there's been lots and lots of ins and outs, ups and downs with Newcastle over the course of uh, the last couple of weeks. So I'm sure we'll get into um, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what you what are your initial thoughts going into into this game uh, at the weekend, just from a Newcastle perspective? Uh, I don't know. I think it's I, you know I, I probably wouldn't have been as bad if we'd got a, the three points against Bournemouth. I think with obviously things not going our way in the last two home games, the way we expected them to, it puts a bit more pressure on games like this. You know, teams that we technically should be beaten. Uh, obviously, we've got. A good experience. We've got the last couple of times we've been to Craven Cottage. Uh, you know, two nil the last time we were down there. I know Fulham were already down by then. It was pretty much, you know, um, hopefully a last hurrah sort of thing for them that season. Obviously, we won two nil, and then the season uh, last time before that, you know, we well and truly thumped them at the end of the season as well. So it's, but I think because obviously the, the players that we've brought in now as well, and the, uh, I know we've had a few injury worries over the last few weeks and stuff and that probably hasn't helped to you know it, it's a bit deflating like some of the results where if you had those players in you would have expected three points and you know we've had some really really good results against like, like Man City where we could have won we should have got something out of the Liverpool game uh, which is the only defeat we've had so far and then all these draws that we've had and stuff like that and it's just the football we've been playing has been fantastic this season and I can't can't really fault it. It's just sometimes, obviously, I was watching a podcast there with uh, James Olcott and he was saying the thing about Newcastle is they've got a fantastic 11 or 12. Then you look at the bench and it's like, that's what's wrong. And this is what's proven to be the case, obviously, with the injuries we've had. 
that's what seems to be let down. It's that it's our squad depth at this moment in time, and uh, I think that's proved when we've had like Bruno missing, Maxi missing, Wilson. Obviously, Isak came in, but he's out now by the looks of it, and Wilson's coming back, so we're probably throwing Wilson back in. You know, would you rather give him an extra couple of weeks to be a hundred percent sure? But obviously, it's like this needs must again. So it's uh, like the what the one pleasing thing so far this season is the fact that I think we've been defensively solid, which is not often what you can say for a Newcastle side. I know we were decent last, not too bad at the end of last season, but you know if you go back over the history, because even when Sir Bobby was here and uh, King Kev. We weren't known as a defensive one, defensive team. It was more goal. If you are going to score two, we'll score three. Or if you score three, we'll score four. But now it's you know like we don't tend to have to worry defensively much anymore. Um, we've done all right. So it's uh, I think just with, with this one here, it's a little bit more pressure on it because of the last two results. I think. Yeah, I would agree. Um, lots and lots to unravel um, for Newcastle United after the last. A couple of results, but I'm sure we're going to get into that, no doubt. But look, it's Fulham this weekend um, at Craven Cottage, uh, three o'clock kickoff, and as always on away days, there's no better way of getting the the, the, the lowdown and the preview in um, than having uh, a supporter of the opposition. So we're delighted to welcome in um, Emilio from uh, Cottage Talk. Um, welcome in. How are you? Hello there, guys. Hello there. Nice to, it's nice Hi, to you. Right? How are you guys doing? Good. Very well. Very well. Looking uh, looking forward to this weekend, as we alluded to when we were speaking yeah. um, uh, before we went live. But look, pleasure to have you on the channel. Uh, first time on the channel. It's the first time we've managed to have a, a full and fan on on away day. So it's um it's uh, obviously uh, a fantastic debut for yourself. But um you know from from. From your perspective, obviously, Richie quite rightly talked about Newcastle's perspective going into this game. You know, I want to get your thoughts really on on Fulham because, you know, lots of people said that Fulham would would, would be the team that would likely to go straight back down. They have the previous two, two times. But we're looking at the, the, the league so far, sixth in the league, 11 points after seven games, um, you know, three wins, um, you know, in the bank. Yeah, uh, what's your assessment of your season so far? Yeah, I think very pleasing so far. I think you know I expected a tough season. I was optimistic that we'd stay up, but probably more like you know just scrape scrape our way through. To be honest, I thought I thought there there would be three worse teams than us, and I still I still believe that we're good enough to stay in this division. Looking at you know it's only seven games in, but you know I think all Fulham fans will be very pleased with the return. If anything, I'm disappointed we haven't got more points on the board because of the games that we haven't won. You know, you could argue on another day we would have got, we would have banked more points. You know, we've got a very credible two-all draw against Liverpool opening day in the season. On another day, we would have won that game. We should have won that game in theory. But Liverpool, big Liverpool, they found a way to grind out a draw. So, you know, for the point you'll take it against arguably one of the best teams in the world. And then Wolves a week after, a nil-nil draw again. No easy place to go to. But you miss a penalty 10 minutes ago. You, you've got to take those chances when they come again. Could I guess two points dropped? And, you know, Arsenal-Tottenham, their bonus games away from home. I thought Arsenal, you know, were the better team, but, you know, they scored a late winner. And then Tottenham, you know, in their defence, they they, you know, they they were the much, for 70 minutes, they dominated. But we scored, we got another goal, found a way to break them through. And and their keeper made a, a, apparently the, be, the best save of the month, you know, competition he won from that from that deflection. So, again, that could have gone either way. That could have gone another point in the bank. But the Wolves and Liverpool game, I think I look at those and minimum two, two points dropped, could have been four. So... 
11 point return is very good. We've got a lot of room for optimism. Admit it's only seven games, but it, like you said, Pete, it's it's 11 points on the board, 11 points closer to safety. You know, I'm, I'm realistic. I'm grounded here, to be honest. It's if we stay in the Premier League. Hopefully, I can come on your show more every year rather than every two years. It'd be nice. So it's, uh, but overall, it's pleasing. We've had a couple of injuries like yourself. So, you know, we've, you know, we've bought some key players. We've all out with injuries. So, again, our sort of backup players are sort of coming in, done well so far. Mitrovic is banging the goals in. So, he's, he's in the form of his life, scoring internationally for fun, creating chances, scoring chances, make, you know, causing a ha- nuisance of himself in that, you know, against opposing defences. So, we've got a lot, lot to look forward to. But, you know, it's like I said, it's only, what, six of the ways of the season gone? Long way to go yet, but I'll keep picking up the points and I'll be happy. But yeah, so far, so good. I can't complain. I'm very happy with the start so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think lots of lots of other opposition clubs have been surprised by Fulham. Um, I remember Richie first game of the season. We were we were in the pub just before yeah. we went to the, to the Forest game, and we watched yeah. obviously uh, Fulham playing against Liverpool. And every time we kept looking up, uh, having been to the bar, it was Liverpool. It was Liverpool in the on the defensive. It was Fulham going at them, and it was like you could tell the atmosphere watching the game in in the, in that pub. Uh, in the build-up to the match was, um, you know, everyone was almost of shock, but um, that the, you know, Fulham were taking the game to Liverpool and Liverpool really struggled that game. And you're right, you know, you should have at least, you know, got three points in, in my opinion. I think you deserved it fully. But, um, most people would think, you know, it's just one game, everyone raises their game for Liverpool, but you've gone again and you keep doing it and you, and you keep um, pushing forward and you know, coming to the, to nicely into the next point, you know, with that type of mentality and that way of playing football, you know, how influential has this man been for you? Mm. Um, you know, coming in, you know, you had Scott Parker before, Scott Parker left and surprisingly, in my opinion, went to, went to Bournemouth. <laughs> Um, uh, I think a lot of people were shocked about that at the time, but Marco Silva's come in. You know, how much of an influence has he had on the way in which you are playing now? A complete reversal of Scott Parker. I wasn't a wasn't an advocate of his signing when he got the job, but you sometimes you have to back the owners and you know you back the manager. You know, I'm not one to keep sacking managers, but you know, watching that football, you know, was dire to be honest for a couple of seasons. It was horrible, it was depressing. Last couple of years ago in the Premier League, I thought, you know, if we had a little bit more of an attacking threat. We, you know, we I think we would have stayed in the division because I thought the squad two years ago was good enough on paper to stay up, but clearly the wrong manager didn't score enough goals. Mitrovic wasn't even figuring in the in the starting eleven; always on the bench. So, good riddance, to be honest. You know, we you know he moved on through choice. So we let, and then in comes Marco Silva, different philosophy, attacking brand of football, very exciting, a lot of energy, a lot of intensity, a good man manager. You know, you, you, Mitrovic was this, you know, a couple of years, 18 months was depressed, you know, before the last season. You know, he's, he's, I think his penalty miss stopped Serbia getting, you know, is it going to the World Cup or then I think it was, I think all the Euros, it was Euros, I think, wasn't it? Where he, he, was, he was at fault for missing a penalty and then Serbia didn't qualify for a major tournament. You know, his confidence rock bottom. In comes a new manager, his arm around his you know, back, patted him, giving him opportunities. He scored 40 odd goals last season. He's ready a threat this year. You know, scoring for fun for a Serbia, like I mentioned earlier, it's the form of his life, and he's still what 27 years old. So this guy is getting the best out of these players. You know, there's there's more energy, there's more belief, there's confidence, there's a togetherness. That's what was missing under Parker. There was all you know, you could see people morale was down. We were difficult to beat a couple of years ago, but we just weren't scoring goals. Because now 
we may concede goals because of the expansive way we're playing. But, you know, I'm happy to just watch a more exciting brand of football. We're scoring goals. We're creating opportunities. The players want to play for the manager. They're all developing. They're all maturing. They're all evolving. And, you know, he's getting the best of, in some cases, average players. Players who I would have thought at the end of last year wouldn't be good enough to play in this division. But, you know, they've proved me wrong so far. They're, you know, Tim Ream, 35 years old. I thought it would just be like a someone just to keep the dressing room morale up when things are down. But look, he's, he's figuring every game and he's been arguably one of our best three players of the season. So that comes with confidence, with belief, energy, you know, confidence amongst the team. And yeah, Marcus Silva's made a massive, massive difference. And there was a bit of risk that we could have lost him in the summer if he didn't get this, the signings he wanted. But, you know, but usual, we've started early transfers, then it all went very quiet. And then we get a few last minute signings. But overall, I think there's a good squad there. And he's, he's you know, once we get all our players back from injury, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. But yeah, he's, he's made a massive difference. And the fans have reason to believe, unlike two years ago when it was just hope and, yeah, we didn't clearly didn't stay up a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it definitely changed things around. Like you said, you've got, got a number of players that you came up with and, you know, the fact that they're still playing and featuring and playing well um, is testament to him. But, you know, just, yeah, you, you may have already partly touched on it, but what what's the style of play from Fulham, uh, I'm sure we'll get into this later when we talk tactics. But but what is the style of play? Not necessarily from Fulham, but what Marco Silva's brought in. What is the mentality in the way in which you guys set set yourselves up? Um, it's all about attack with Marco Silva. In, in his previous clubs, you know, there was always a view that we'll concede goals, but we're, we're able to score more than you concede. I think that was. I think Scott Parker. It was all about protecting the a goal. You know, don't concede and try to nick a goal here and there, but. Under Marco Silva, it's with it's you know we play with intensity. You know most games we started off getting right at the de- opposing defenses, you know stretching them, play with that high level of intensity, good width, good pace, good movement. I think that's the key thing. As the players he's brought in, very smooth, shrewd signings. There's a good movement on the pitch. You can see there's a there's good engagement between the different players. The camaraderie on the pitch is what you see at times when maybe things don't quite work out, but you see that togetherness there, and, you see, and he just brings that that belief and that. High, you know, we play high up the pitch, and that's where sometimes we get caught out. But you know, we've got a good goalkeeper. Defense is, you know, it's we're still conceding a few goals. That's my only drawback. You know, the fact is, if you're conceding and not scoring, then you're going to lose games. Whereas we've managed to find a way of scoring goals and conceding fewer. And that's my only reason. One clean sheet out of seven. That's a slight worry. But he's, you know, we're, we're we're creating chances against arguably top top half teams this year. You know, Brighton, Brentford, they're all good teams. We beat them both at home. By the votes of that, we scored more goals in them, 3-2 two, and 2-1. Two, so, if we can sort out the defence, it's sort of being a little bit tighter. But, you know, at the end there, you compromise on attack and go defensive. That, that's not Marco Silva's way of football. His way is push on, keep scoring, keep keep creating chances, you know, target your big man up front and, you know, things will come good. So, um, it's a different philosophy and I think fans will prefer to get relegated playing that brand of football than trying to watch the dire football we had a couple of years ago under Parker. So, yeah. Happy days to be a Fulham supporter at the moment. I think it's it's very similar to how when Newcastle used to play, we always we always want our teams to at least have a go. We don't just want to mm-hmm. sit there on the back foot and just no. take spank and sort of thing, uh, you know, and possibly hit someone a break and try yeah. and get the draw or whatever. As long as your team gives it a go and leaves it all on the pitch, you don't mind whether you know you get beat no. or you know you you might get the win if you know what I mean. So to say, you know. Could you? Would you? Did you expect to get anything out of the Liverpool game, for example, first game of the no, season? Not at all, you, no, not at all. You know, but you keep it down. Down. <laughs> so, 
you know it's all about keeping a score down and that gave us good insight what to expect in subsequent games you know i think you know we we played with high intensity we we caught van dyke out and he was he struggled and to be honest he's not you know not the player he existed compared to two years ago but still he's still an international you know what you know world-class player and we gave him a lot of problems and we play to our standard of football, create problems, set pieces. We've made a difference this season as well. Pereira's come in, in and out of games at times, but set pieces were a lot more effective. We're scoring from set pieces. We're creating chances. And that's where we're getting a lot of productivity. Big men, big defenders, good good distribution from you know good wide players. And you know, giving Mitrovic the service he needs. And if you give him that service, things are going to happen. You know, There was a risk he got injured last week in, in that Serbia game at the weekend, but... He came back on Tuesday and scored. Well, he scored a hat trick again. So uh, as long as he's, he's injury free, that I'm fine with that. But overall, you know, we're playing to people's strengths. And Marco Silva is a is a good man manager. Talks to his players. I've just seen some of the the players who I'd argue are not good enough for this level have matured now compared to the same players two years ago when they were two years younger, who frankly were not good enough at this level. Mm. Interesting. And um, I know uh, Alexander Mitrovic is quite. Popular part of the discussion in the chat, so we will come to him shortly. But I just want to look, just give, give a massive shout out already. So many regulars in the chat, we, we, we love away days for this reason. Like, so Carl Segi, um, Lisa, Gary, Tom Dixon, as always, Andrew, um, Mark, Ian, Simon, as always, uh, our super sponsor, uh, always in the chat supporting. Mm-hmm. Welcome, everyone. Uh, Seth Tom Mags, um, I could go through Paul Gallant. Uh, L. Stapleton, there's so many. Uh, we really, really appreciate uh, um, you joining the chat uh, and getting your opinions out there. And Richie, you've already said already in the chat some fantastic questions, which I'm sure uh, we'll get to. Maybe let's throw one out there now. Um, uh, do, do we want to do we want to address the elephant in the room, or do we want to just ask maybe one or two other questions? Where where do we go next? I think I think one of the talking points is obviously it's. In a weird day, obviously we all love a weird days, as we say, Pete. Um, but obviously it's the the rumours that was the it's your first uh, a game at home with the new stand, uh, and apparently all of the Newcastle fans are going to be located in there as well as the full fans. But um, we've got uh, Les Stapleton here. He basically wants to know um, what is it, what are your thoughts on the ticket prices? Because uh, the rumour is that it's a uh, hundred pound for an adult and sixty pound for a juvenile. Um, is that first of all? Is that correct? And two, what are your thoughts on it, then, uh, Emilio? Yeah, it's um, it's been it's been a controversial topic when, especially the Liverpool game, the first one of the season, when those additional tickets were put on sale. You know, they put them, you know, said uh, up to hundred pounds each for some of the premium tickets. Look, at the end of the day, the owners, it's a business. Let's be honest. I don't I think I think it's too high. To be honest with you, as a neutral, you know, if I was a Fulham fan watching the odd game here and there, I wouldn't pay hundred quid. I'll be honest with you. You know, then I've got my season ticket for many years. I'm happy with that, but 100 quid is a bit excessive. And then you're paying like, you know, junior ticket 60. That's just extortionate. So, you know, at the end of the day, it is a business. I don't necessarily agree that those prices are fair, but, you know, we've, you know, we've got to fund a new stand. It's a bit like Tottenham Hotspur, you know, that, you know, when they built their new stand, then, you know, there's going to be a compromise here and there, to be honest. You're not going to keep everyone happy. The, the owners have put a lot of money into this club, they've built the developed the new stand. They've, they've invested for many years in in players. Unfortunately, they've had what three relegations now. But you can't fault their commitment for spend and give and throw money at the club. If we had a, maybe a better director of football, who was more focused on the club, then maybe we would have had more chance to succeed. So, although albeit I don't agree with that amount of money, we're in a prime location in the country, one of the most expensive parts of the of the, of the UK. 
it doesn't justify those prices, but the owners have got to make a, a return on their investment. I mean, they have thrown a lot of money at the club. So although I don't agree, it, it's that's business for you, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, it's a uh, hundred quid for a ticket. Oh. A lot. It's a lot for a Premier League game, you know. And then you multiply that nine potentially what six, six to eight, prim, like prime, you know, doing a premium t- games. To be honest, like against Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, all that. That's that's nearly a grand just from watching seven, eight games. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. Well, I don't have to ask a cheeky question, but how many of tickets at that price would you? Uh, how much, obviously, your season ticket, does that go above how much you pay for your full season? Yeah, I'll put, for my ticket, I, you know, I'm in a good position to stand up. I think it's just about 650 I paid for, for 19 home games. That's actually not too bad. And I've got mm. a pretty good seat. Um, and again, I don't, you know, don't, I don't want fans to take this the wrong way. But, you know, if, you know, the, the season ticket, you know, just get rewarded, you know, for loyalty. You know, there is a, sometimes in other businesses, you don't get rewarded with loyalty, like insurances. You want to renew your insurance. Whether you've been with them 10 years or one year, it's the same price. At the club, they reward you. And I think for season ticket holders are going year in, year out. There's loyalty and they get rewarded. Sort of the fans who can't go to every game, that's where, unfortunately, they've been priced out, which is, is, is unfair. I get that. It's very unfair. But it's, it goes back to my point. Unfortunately, the owners have got to make a return on their investment. They've thrown a lot of money at this club for seven years. New state, new stand. You know, it's, you, you, they're not here to make loss. They're here to sort of run a football club and run it well and try to be successful. And with that, unfortunately, there's there's compromises. So it may not be it may not be fair, but it's not. There's a lot of things that are not fair in the world at the moment. Let's be honest. Yeah, Richie, would, what do you think the reaction would be? Your tickets out of interest. Um, well, Richie might know more more than me, but I I don't think I've paid more than £35 for, wow. for, for, for a ticket at home. Uh, and and that's both at the Leaser's end, so opposite ends of the goals. So the mm. Leaser's end, and then £35 I paid as well in, in the in the Gallagher. And that, and, that, and that, for me, has been face value. And I've got to be honest, both ends of the stadium, I've had unbelievable views. Like, mm. the game, it's been, like, perfect positions for me. Um, Richie, you might know a little bit more with regards to the prices. Yeah, it's... Newcastle's really, really uh, good price-wise for individual tickets. Um, say, for example, like the, the most expensive one, and it's pretty much if you're sitting in the Milburn or the East Stand, middle central, you'd probably look around £55 to £60 for those. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you go, for, say, for example, for, for the family enclosure, which uh, is level seven, but you could get a child seat and an adult seat, uh, depending on your view, anywhere between 37 and 44 that's okay. two. Yeah. So that's that's like really good, really. Do you know what I mean? So it's uh, I, I can't fault them on that sort of thing. Um, season ticket prices, they, you know, they've been relatively kept low. Uh, obviously, they had the ten-year price plans mm-hmm. and stuff like that that Mike actually brought in. Um, so that they've been pretty good with the season, but I think the fact that they're still keeping so many on general sale, um, and at the prices that they are, um, is great. You know, I think, mm-hmm. uh. The tickets I was given for the Leicester uh, game, it was we were literally front row at the, on the Lee, on the Melbourne stands, Leaders Corner, and I think that the face value ticket for the adult was forty forty eight pound, I think. Okay, okay, that's, that's literally good. front row of the main stand, mm-hmm. so it's okay, okay, not too bad. Yeah, I bought tickets for the the Chelsea game that we, we which got postponed to the Queen's passing. So that I bought a ticket for my friend, a friend of mine. That was seventy quid from sitting next to me. So that's actually not too bad. Again, that's sort of the next level from a hundred down this tier down a 
to 70 and some of those additional tickets are 60 pounds so it's not 100 pounds for all all parts of the stand obviously depending where you sit you can get additional tickets from 50 60 upwards for those premium games as well so it's i don't want people to think it's every seat is 100 pounds and know that it obviously is still tiered and there's a select few that go at that price and the majority are around that 60 to 80 pounds typically still too much but it's that's is it more reasonable i guess yeah Wow, it's interesting to see how how various clubs work. But um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully for for your fans' sake, that that it, it, it's it's reviewed at some point because mm. yeah, I know for a fact um, if that was ours, I, I think there'd be an uproar. Yeah, um, yeah. there has been a lot of you know criticism, a lot of you know a lot of sort of sort of stern supporters, you know, you know, criticise the owners for that. And I, I I get it. I see both sides of the fence. I don't I don't think it's acceptable, but. You know, unfortunately, we live in a, you know, we can't use excuses as cost of living crisis. We, you know, we're all going through a recession. It's life is life. Business is business. And I think, you know, you put yourself in their shoes and, you know, they want to they want to get their money back in in, in recognition for all the investment they put in the club. So uh, you're never going to please everybody, unfortunately. And I think it doesn't help. We're in a sort of an expensive part of the country. Prime location, London. You know, look. You know, it, the location of the club. You know, that's it's that's that's what's also contributing to the the high inflationary prices there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, welcome, Chris. He's in the chat. Um, I think he's on his way to London. If I'm right, I think. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a yeah. He, he's he's a, he's a bigger fan of London than up north, clearly, because he's down there all the bloody time. Uh, but yeah, um, I hope you're well, Chris. Um, no doubt we'll, we'll be speaking to you very soon. But I've got I've got some thoughts. Uh, well, I want to get your thoughts actually on a on a few of your on on a few of your your players. Um, uh, first and foremost, um, uh, this one was a surprising uh, one for me, but he's he, he's turned out to be a fantastic signing for you, and it's this man, um, Jao um, Pauhinia, if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's um, you know how how good has he been for you? I mean, lots of opposition fans have been raving about him, and he's mm. scored some. He's scored a terrific goal against Forest, and seems to be playing really, really well. Like, what 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 is it about him that stands out from from your perspective? Um, we're all very excited when we managed to beat Wolverhampton Wanderers. Obviously, with their Portuguese connection, they were they were desperate to get him, but. Know, give all juice to our owners. They persevered, they pursued, they negotiated and got the play they wanted. And mm. he's been a beast, you know, sitting in front of that back four, you know, protecting that four. He's got physical presence. He's He's got good vision, good passing. He's scoring goals. He's a threat from just outside the box and from set pieces. And this man, this man covers a hell of a lot of ground and he's by far been our best, you know, you could argue probably been our best player this season. I know Mitrovic just scored a load of goals, but you know, for, for yourself, fortunately, he's, he's injured. So he's sorry, suspended on Saturday. He's picked up five yellow cards, so he's not playing on Saturday. So um, I was not aware of that. I was so, not. Um, aware. Yeah, so it's you know that was that's huge disappointment. He got the yellow card against Forest for for basically celebrating taking his top off in the crowd. So um, he got a yellow card for that. He's missing the game, but that's the, the only downside. He's picking up a lot of yellow cards, but with that comes energy, passion. He's getting tackles and he's getting stuck in, and he's he's, he's a threat going forward. He's protecting that back four. And yeah, his, his vision, his awareness is very, very good. He's been he's been outstanding. To be eighteen million pounds, been top class. To be on a very good, very good signing. And you know, it's that was the only thing, <laughs> the only draw. If you look at his stats historically, he's is you know how many yellow cards is he picking pick up in a season? Quite a few. And we've what, look five games, five yellow cards in seven games. So um, something he needs to focus on. But 
you know, he's been outstanding. You know, arguably him and Mitrovic have been our two best players this season. And uh, yeah, lucky you guys not having to, to play against him on Saturday. Um, you can see the smile on my face because I watched him against when you played Forest, and I was like, wow, this player is some talent. Um, and he's been properly bigged up and rightly so. Mm. But um, I was actually, you know, there's part of me that, that actually was was looking forward to seeing how he would get on against the likes of Joe Linton and, uh, you know, potentially Bruno and, and mm. against those type of midfielders, how we would come up against them. But, um, look, I'm, I'm not going to argue if he's uh, if he's not on the pitch yeah. uh, come three o'clock Saturday, I've got to, I've got to say. Um, before we get to the more obvious player, um, I want to get your thoughts on this player. He's a player I like a lot, and we were linked with him in January. Um, and it's Tosin uh, Adi. By bio, Adi, Adi bio, yes, Adi That's the one. Um, you know, again, um, a very, very talented player. Had a good, had a good end to the season. Even though when you got relegated the last time, you were yeah, well. Yeah. It looks like a talented player, big, tall, strong defender. Um, you know, what what are your thoughts on him? What what is sort of standout features from someone that watches him every week? Um, come. Commanding, he's susceptible to making a few errors, to be honest. But he's still he's, he's young. He's got potential. He didn't didn't necessarily have a great season last year. I think by his own standards, I thought he had a, an average season. You know, he dipped in and out. Some games he was very he was outstanding, controlled the defense. In other areas, his passing, his vision, his carelessness, and just got caught out quite a few times. But he's got, again, he's playing with Tim Ream, the player who played with him last season in defense, and. You know, he's, he's, he's had a better season. He's, he's, even in the Premier League two years ago, I thought he had Joachim Anderson alongside him a couple of years ago. You know, very good international player. Crystal Palace in his arguably Crystal Palace's best player this season. And, you know, he had someone experienced alongside him. I think I think he, when Tim Rimmers eventually hangs up his boots, if he has somebody, of a, you know, someone younger with international experience and pedigree, then, you know, he can evolve into a much better player. But he's still got a few errors in him. I think he... He can either be very good or he can he can have many off games, but he's he's been so far so good, but not not been outstanding thus this season. But you know, he, you have been linked with him. Other players, other clubs have been linked with him over the last twelve months. But I think he's here for a couple more years. I think he'll he'll commit to the club, and we can stay in this division. And we've got to build around some of these younger players. We can't keep selling these these younger these younger folks. Keep them, build your team around them, get some good international experience alongside him, and he will he will grow and develop and become a very important player for us. And he's, he's now starting to get in, into into good positions from set pieces. So causing that aerial threat, which he's, he's very capable of doing. So, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's there for the long haul. I don't see him going anywhere very soon, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I say, I, I do like him. He's got all those raw attributes to be a, a top, top centre-back. But um, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of you know goes on and, and, and continues to perform. Um, Richie... The elephant, the elephant in the room. I know there's been a, there was a question from um, Tom uh, regarding this individual, so I don't know if you want to pop that question up. Yeah, I'll just send, finish sending that message there to Bobby because you don't know, well, know where Dazzler is tonight. But uh, yeah, uh, Tom basically wants to know what's your thoughts on Mitrovic uh, this season. Uh, he's been on fantastic form for Fulham. Obviously, you touched on. He season in the Premier League last time he went in, uh, obviously only having the three goals in the full season. Um, but he started, you know, like like a rocket this season, isn't he? Banging the goals for fun. Um, I think he's always done that for Serbia, but it's nice to actually see him doing it um, for Fulham. Just hopefully not on Saturday. Yes, <laughs> well, 
two promotions ago when he when he got promoted, he, he scored a few he scored a few goals in 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 a in a pretty poor team to be honest. So uh, so but then under Parker, you know, his goal return was low because he wasn't he wasn't played to be honest. You know, everyone keeps saying it's he doesn't score in the Premier League, but if you're not you're not given game time, you're not score, you're not you're not you're not starting games, you're not going to score goals. So Parker had a beer in his bonnet about him, didn't give him any chances to play. Didn't see his style of football in line with how Mitrovic plays, and you know, in comes Marco Silva. You know, we're we're playing to his strengths. You know, we're we're yeah. creating chances. He's he's causing that aerial threat, that physical presence. He can bully defenses. He's scoring goals. You know, some of the goals he scored have been been quality, and he's he's in form. And you know, as a striker, if you've got confidence, you're going to score goals at international or club level. And you know, he's. You Excited, just he's lost he's lost a bit more weight in the summer as well. So he just looks lean, hungry, always smiling, getting stuck in, causing a nuisance, winning penalties, scoring penalties, misses penalties as well. But you know, it's a bit of everything. He's got an all-round player, and you know, he's he's key to our success. But it was good to see against Forest. You know, again, we're not relying on him all the time. We beat Forest away, arguably three-two flattered Forest that day. We should have won more comfortably, but he didn't score. You know, so again, it's important that we can get other players in the team that can contribute and score goals, and not rely on your 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 target man. So he's he's going to be a threat. I know he's, you know, he, you know things didn't necessarily go according to plan his career at Newcastle, but I think he's been he's been outstanding in the four plus years he's been at the club. You know, three promotions, you know, scoring goals for fun, and you know, I think we've got a lot to the point. He's only what twenty seven, so I think he's still got a few more seasons in him. I know there's a bit of rumours that he was other bigger clubs were linked with him in the summer, but. He won't leave. You know, he's playing week in, week out. Why would he want to leave? He's got he's on good wages. Fans love him. The owners love him. The manager loves him. He's, you know, the players love him. Stay where you are. Get keep this team in the division and help help us push on and advance in this league. But he's he's if we play to his strengths, he's going to be a threat on Saturday, as, as you'd expect. So um, yeah, let's hopefully he's he's not picked up a knock. There was a there was, like I said, there was a bit of a doubt that he picked up an injury last Saturday, but he came back and scored a hat trick on Tuesday. So that reassures me he's. He's fully fit and ready for Saturday. Yeah, I was going to actually ask you about that because he, um, I saw a picture coming up after that game where <laughs> he was walking off back to the changing room with a big ice pack on his right ankle, wasn't he? So, uh, the threat he played played through the pain on was it Tuesday mm. night or something? So it was just basically had you actually had any word on that? Has it you know is it as bad as it seemed or is it just one of those where it's you know he's felt it probably you know some painkillers and then you plod on sort of thing the next game. A bit of that, yeah. I think it was a bit of that, but he can he can tolerate that level of pain. Now, I think a couple of years ago, when his confidence was rock bottom, he might have just you know might have just said, you know what, I've had enough. I'm not going to play. You know, I'll, I'll sulk in the corner. But now he's he's determined. He you know he's got he, he'll do everything he can to get himself fit. You know, take a few painkillers and fight for the club because you know, he knows how important the club is to survive in the Premier League. So you know, I expect him. He will play on Saturday, and uh, you know he's. But his contribution all round, that's the key thing. It's not just the goals. You look at his, his his aerial presence, his movement, his vision, his goals. He's not afraid to score from, you know, strike from distance. It's a great goal against Tottenham at the at their ground. And then another another strike, we almost hit the top corner. And you know, their keeper made a great save. But overall, he's that's what confidence does as a striker, as I mentioned. If you're if you're if your confidence is sky high, then you can beat you can beat you feel you can beat the world. Yeah, I, I think um, with 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 Mitrovic, he, he made a really good point. You know, he's not. I don't think he actively looked to leave. I think if he wanted to leave, he'd have left. Yeah, a couple of times he got relegated, but he he seems to really enjoy it at the club. 
And that's why he kind of wants to stay. But you touched on the fact that, you know, he, he looks like he looks a little bit leaner and fitter this season. Have you noticed that in, in, in the work that he puts off the ball? Mm. Because you've talked about his aerial threat. You've talked about, obviously, the fact that he's scored goals this season. But one thing that his Newcastle fans always kind of questioned him on, um, certainly when he was here under Rafa, is the fact that he didn't work enough off the ball. Mm. He didn't press high enough. He didn't you know, um, put enough pressure on, on, on centre-backs. Have you been seeing that more this season? Has he improved that part of his game? Absolutely. I think it's, you know, the Liverpool game is a good example. You know, you know, we got we caught Van Dijk off guard, just to be honest. He was literally bullying him, threatening him. And two big men, Mitrovic came on top for 90 minutes in that game. And I just see even his, his contribution in defence, you know, when we're having to defend corners, he's always in, he's not in, he's not waiting on the halfway line. He's there in, in, the pen, in our penalty area trying to defend for his life as well. So again, his all-round play is improving year on year. And, you know, he's, he's, he's fighting for the club. He, good movement, good vision, good technique. I think it's, it's, I feel like his technique and his, his passing ability has improved as well. And, you know, he's, that I think it still comes with confidence. You know, he's, Marcus Silva's playing to his strengths. And Mitrovic is responding appropriately with goals, assists, and just his all-round play. You know, he, he runs his socks off throughout the game. If you just actually watch him, when he's not in the penalty area trying to cause a threat, he's all over the pitch, trying to be a nuisance, trying to claim the ball, trying to trying to make something happen. And then we've got with our wide men and with our pace, and you know, then you know, he's, we've always got a chance to to score a goal. That's why now you know we, what we scored twelve goals this season. That's actually not a bad return for a promoted team who were given little chance to uh, to stay in this division. So it's a uh, bit. We've got other players at the club as well. This is a team as well. And that's the key thing. We're not relying on one man. We're relying on 11 players each week. And that's that's important. A philosophy that Marco Silva's brought into this club. Yeah, definitely. Um, be interesting to see how he gets on over a, a full season. Um, and, yeah. and yeah, a full fit season. Yeah. Uh, obviously, hopefully after after this Saturday, of course. But, um, but yeah. That's, sorry, sorry, that's, sorry, that's sorry. for me. It's where... If he does pick up an injury, we were debating at the weekend. Well, if he did pick up a knock, who's going to play? You know that in that centre forward role. That's my only concern. You know, I think you know we've bought a Vilnius from I think the old player that was once a partner. Yeah, 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 I'm not again not sure about him. Again, he 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 may be able to pop up with a few goals. We've got Bobby Decadura Reed, who two years ago in the Premier League was our top scorer. So he's you know not not I don't think he's a Premier League player, but he's 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 performing okay and. He could also play in that role. So it's it's where are the goals potentially going to come from. So they don't come from your other players and Mitrovic is injured or suspended, you know, then where are the goals going to come from? That's my that's another doubt of mine. But I don't think we invested appropriately in in in, in that centre forward backup role for, for Mitrovic. Yeah, interesting. Um right. Uh, just just regards to Mitrovic, obviously one of the things he struggled with, I think it's probably down to his age when he was at Newcastle was his uh, ability of picking up a yellow card. Now, I've noticed he's a couple already, but he's, he's still managed to keep that physicality as part of his game. But he seems to be a little bit more clever now. and He's not rash anymore like he used to be, which I think was one of the reasons why Rafa really didn't like him because, uh, you know, he liked to be paid, you know, hard and fair and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. it sort of lets your team down when you're picking up a book and, you know, pretty much every sort of game. Yeah, absolutely. A good point. And his temperament has improved as well. And again, I think that comes with Marco Silva and the coaching staff here. They've, they've focused on that, you know, that passion, that sort of Serbian aggression or that, you know, you can still have, you know, really, you can compete and, you know, get stuck in. But, you know, there's there's uh, two or three years ago, you might argue he would use, not use the elbow, use his arms a little bit more, 
you know, religiously, was now he's actually being a little bit more, a little more uh, sophisticated with his aerial challenges. He's, he's avoiding using the arm where necessary. He's not picking up as many yellow cards as he would have done when he was younger. So that comes with good coaching. So I think the coaching staff are focused on that because, like you said, we can't afford for him to pick up suspensions or red cards. You know, he's critical to the success of this team. And you know, again, good that he's learning and he's responding. Yeah, he still see that passion and you know, disappointment when maybe things don't go his way, but. He's got a lot to be pleased about so far this season. Definitely. He definitely looks more mature, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, you know, 27 years old, he's, um, yeah. he definitely looks more mature and he's, he's grown up from being, what, a 20-year-old at, mm. at Newcastle. Yeah. So it, it is a big difference. And it's, it is a huge chunk of a, of a period of time in their career for you to mature and mm. see different ways in which you were, you were playing. And I, and I do, I, I do think... Um, Rich has touched on the point. I do think if he'd have had this level of maturity, you know, those seven years ago, I think he would have stayed long term at Newcastle because mm-hmm. there was no doubt that he he did produce moments when he was on the pitch. It just wasn't um, uh, maybe as consistent um, mm-hmm. and maybe there was elements of his game that hadn't quite developed yet. And that's just a part of being a footballer. You'd, players mm-hmm. develop at different ages, um, and it seems like it's certainly coming together at Fulham for for mm-hmm. now. Um, I was going to say, yeah. Pete, do you not do you not do you not think that one of the other things that way might have obviously because he was so young and obviously I just thought sometimes you know that there was that rumor that he supported Newcastle as a kid because obviously he he was a big Alan Shearer mm-hmm. fan from the time when Newcastle played against Partizan in the Champions League qualifiers, and um, that he just wanted to do so well for Newcastle that he was you know like a bit like a a puppy chasing the ball around sort of thing, you know, the, the eager sort of thing. And they he was like over eager to try and do well for the team he supported um, from afar. And that's why he was picking up the bookings and stuff like that, because he was trying to, I suppose in his own way, show that 100, 100% commitment that he thought the fans want. But because of his age and his maturity, perhaps obviously he, was, he went away the, around, you know, the wrong way about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he said it all when he got booked after five seconds of coming on on his debut against Southampton. Yeah. Where he, he literally came on, ran to the corner, and cleared someone out, and got a booking for it. So that was his first action in Premier League football. And so yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, he, he just, I think he just wanted to do his best for Newcastle, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and obviously try and emulate, like I said, his hero. Uh, at the time, Alan Shearer, who grew up uh, watching on a regular basis. So, yeah, I, I would agree with that, uh, definitely. Uh, I do I honestly believe, I don't think it's the case now, I do honestly believe he had visions of coming back to Newcastle um, and, and playing at Newcastle. I don't think that's probably his ambition now. Uh, <coughs> he's enjoying things at Fulham, but um, I, I do think he thought at some point he would come back to Newcastle. And I think that's probably what maybe he struggled with. Um, for a couple of years is knowing that, you know, when he had to move permanently that he wasn't going to go back and play for Newcastle. Because like you said, he was a fan of the club and he loved mm-hmm. playing for Newcastle, albeit for a short period, period of time. Um, I want to get your thoughts on some Newcastle players um, shortly, um, Emilio. But uh, of course, um, we, we can't uh, ever um, get through in away days in the right possible way without having some stats um, and there's only way one way we have stats on um, mm. away days uh, on Loaded Mag in UFC, and it's with this man.
Evening, lads. I like magic in your fingers. Right there. How you doing? Well. Double A Stato, how's things, Keith? Yeah, everything's well. I hope everybody enjoyed their international break. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. But uh, pleasure to have you on as always. And obviously, Thanks. first time meeting uh, Emilio. So um, great you have have you on together as well. Um, what what stats are available for us this week? Uh, we, we've played Fulham a hell of a lot of times. Um, I'm hoping yeah. for some positivity here, Keith. Uh, but uh, th- throw some stats at us and, and let us know what we're in for this weekend. Well, I've got a lot of stats. I'll try to keep it positive, uh, as positive as possible. I've got some head-to-head stats. I've got then I've got some stats about the players, and then I've got some stats about the managers and some general stats. But unfortunately, I just forewarn you now, Pete. The most positive thing might be yours and my colour that we're wearing tonight. Unfortunately, <laughs> with Newcastle in the form that they've been in recently, um, Newcastle's all-time record in this fixture. Fulham have actually got the edge. Um, they've played 55 times. Newcastle have won 19, drawn 11, and they've lost 25 games against Fulham. And it's a similar story in the Premier League, actually, albeit smaller numbers. 28 games, Fulham have the slight edge with 12 wins compared to 11 to Newcastle and five draws. And those 12 wins that Fulham have is the best record against any team in the Premier League. Um haven't managed as many as 12 wins against anybody else. Um, although Newcastle here have got the slight edge on goals, 36 to 34 for Fulham in the Premier League in f- those fixtures. Um, Newcastle have also got the better defensive record, nine clean sheets to Fulham's six clean sheets. Um, believe it or not, there's never been a draw in this fixture at Craven Cottage. So... Nine wins to Fulham and four, uh, five wins to Newcastle is always a first. Um, mm. At the weekend, we could have a score draw maybe or something mm. like that. Eddie Howe, his record as manager against Fulham, he hasn't played them off, managed them off in four games. Um, three wins and a draw. Sorry, and a defeat there. So he has a good record against um, Fulham, whereas Marco Silva, again, really small numbers, a win, a draw and a loss three games he's managed against Newcastle. Callum Wilson, three goals in five games against um, Fulham. So quite good when he plays. And Alexandra Mitrovic, we've mentioned him earlier. I just thought I'd mention again those six goals he scored for Fulham again um, so early in the season. He's really taken to it this season in the Premier League um, for Fulham. Um, following his 43 goals last year, in 44 games in the championship for um, Fulham. An amazing record. Fabian Shaw, um, he likes Fulham. He's uh, scored for Newcastle in two away games at Craven Cottage, the last two away games, the last two wins. Can he make it three on Saturday? Newcastle United are winless in the last six Premier League games. It's the longest winless streak since... uh, November last year. Fulham, they've won three games already in five Premier League games this season. Um, I think Fulham here needed about 30 Premier League games to get the same sort of numbers, three wins mm-hmm. in the last two seasons that they were in. And Fulham, 
the last time that Fulham won three in a row in the Premier League was 10 years ago between um, April and September 2012. And that rounds off the uh, stats. Wow. I did see a few smiles there from Emilio. I've got to be honest, as, as some of them would be read out. He's, uh, he, you, you've got to be happy with some of those stats, that's for sure. Yeah, I look back and you know, the last, like I said, the last two home performances have been dire. The last two seasons, you know, the 4-0 drubbing, the 2-0 like two years ago, we were dead and buried. You know, we just didn't turn up that day. That was, a, that was an awful display. But prior to that, though, I think there've been some, there's been some good, exciting games, you know, certainly at Fulham. I remember we, we played you in the, in the, in the championship when we, you know, when we, we beat you 1-0 in the open day of the season. Do you remember that? That was, a, that was a Friday night game. I know that's not Premier League, but there have been some good games between themselves. I think two years ago at St. James's Park, we should have beaten you, but we dominated. But you you got an equaliser that, in that game. And, you know, on another day, we should have had a penalty or you should have had a play got sent up. I can't remember what the incident was. We should have been 2-0 up. Didn't take the chances and ended up getting a point. But overall, it's this, this fixture has been obviously quite close. Like you said, Keith, there's some interesting stats there. I no. think also as well, there, Emilio. Um, those two games, those two wins, came right at the end of the season. Yeah, when we were know, dead and um, buried, relegated already. You know, it's, um, I remember a five-two fixture. This goes back probably that 2012 season when what's his name? Um, Clint Dempsey scored a hat trick. You know, we I think you you guys were two-one up. Were you two-nil up or two-one up? And we sort of thrashed you five. This was under what's his name? Alan Pardew, I think was your manager at the time. Yeah, was, that, was that right? Was that my memory? Serving me right, but they, they, we then lost another game at the end of the season, 3-1. I think you know, we lost in May, once about 3-1, about, about seven, eight years ago. So there have been some interesting games. I even remember the games from the 80s when we when we were both second-tier teams and we, we won a few games, you know, I think we beat you 4-1 at St. James's Park twice. So yeah, there's been some interesting fixtures over the year, but you know, I actually predicted a draw for this game, to be honest. That might be that first draw, you know, between the two teams in the Premier League, but it's, you know, you've got a disappointment five games without a without a win. Now, what's the issue there, to be honest? I looked at, to be honest, I'll throw it back to you guys, because I looked at your transfer signings this summer. You know, if I was a Newcastle supporter, I'd, I'd be somewhat a little bit sort of, you know, bewildered. I thought maybe, you know, has there, was there lack of investment? Was it financial fair play? What was the drive? I don't think you've made... With all the money that you've got now, the backing that you got from the owners, were you happy with your transfer window or were you disappointed? Because I don't think you've got depth there. A bit like ourselves, you know, maybe at times we're maybe lacking a bit of depth, but I look at it from your side, you've got the money there and are you short on depth and quality? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, short, we're short on depth. As, as I said at the start, the short, you, um, and as well, James Alcott had mentioned that. Newcastle have, have got a fantastic 11, 12, 13 players. Then you look to the de- the, the bench and there's not much there. That's mm-hmm. and obviously that's what we found over the start of the season with having three of our key players out. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, we've never ever been thinking we're going to go and th- throw the money around. We've, we've always known that we're going to do it sensibly. Uh, you know, we, the, yes, we've got the money to do a Nottingham Forest if we wanted to, and you know, <laughs> turn over a whole twenty-four man squad sort of mm-hmm. sort of thing. But uh, it was all about doing it the right way. And yes, we've got the money, but we're not going to be, you know, pulled over hot coals to and you know and ex- be charged extortionate fees. There's the bit there's good businessmen who are running the clubs, you know, in the consortium, and then um, they're going about with the right way. Um, and they've said, you know, there's been loads of people that were linked with and Newcastle player fans would have taken them, but they're not going to be, extor- you know, extorted. Um, and 
if the deal's right for the club, then they'll pull the trigger, which is pretty much what happened with the, the uh, Alexander Isak deal. Uh, it was rumoured that we, we were probably going to go from January or next summer. Uh, but was it the injury to Callum Wilson and the, the uh, Real Sociedad had you know, lowered the terms. So Newcastle decided to pull the trigger now. Um, so it, it is one where we we know that uh, there's a lot, a lot to do, but that's because of the lack of investment over the last you know 14 years under Mike Ashley. Mm-hmm. It's a lot that needs to be overhauled, but you just can't do it all at once. So it's literally fine-tuning it and trying to get a good four to five players each window. So we're not going to be, you know, as I said, we've got a good 12 or 13 uh, players, you know, we've, we're getting some good youngsters coming through, like Elliot Anderson. And uh, we've also, you know, bought some good youth to, to, you know, to go into the under 23s. Um, there's the young lad that we've rumoured to have completed the deal from Australia, Karan Kowal, uh, which obviously he's not going to come and make an immediate impact. He's definitely one for the future. But the fact that we're starting to invest in that sort of thing as well, which we haven't, you know, we've completely neglected uh, over recent years. Um, it, it's good to see that there's improvements coming all around. Um, you know, even with the ladies game becoming uh, ladies team becoming a full time team now as well, uh, and also being brought into the United Newcastle banner uh, as well as, as the main club, not just a you know a subsidiary who wears the black and white shirt. Um, so it's it's really it's really good. And we're, we're all happy with the way Newcastle are going about it. Uh, yes, we could, could be you know I think that we were probably two players short of. Possibly where something that fans would have wanted over the summer, and um, we were crying out for another winger and, and a creative midfielder or a defensive midfielder, which you could have pushed Bruno forward. I think that's the two players that we're looking at. But if you go back, we tried to go after James Madison, who was rumored to be one of the targets. We also looked at Musa Diaby at the start of the window. João Pedro was another one as well. Uh, you know, you can go back and mention uh, Hugo Ekatiki as well. So there was all these players that we identified for them, but we weren't going to be hauled over hot calls. As I mentioned, the deal had to be right for the club. If it's not, the walk away. Okay, okay. It's um, yeah. And I look at that. You know, the look at you know, you've got there's a lot of foundations from the club, the, you know, the, the squad that you had a couple of years ago. You know, the Almirons, the Joe Lintons. You know, I remember they gave you they gave us a they stretched us a couple of years ago in in, in both those pictures I recall. And you know you. You know, Dan Byrne, for example, deceived. You know, you know, at the end of the day, he wasn't good enough for Fulham. And look, you know, he, he did well at Brighton. I think, well, he's, he's played most games for you this season in central defence. So I'm hearing some some positive feedback from from fans around his performances. You know, Trippier's been a good signing for you. You know, I think you've, again, it's it's a goal. Like I said, you've had a lot of injuries as well. I'm probably going to tempt fate here. You're probably going to beat us three 0 on Saturday. But yeah, you're struggling with scoring goals at the moment. I think, as I said, you're not conceding many goals. You're looking very tight, well organised. Maybe that's a Eddie Howe philosophy, like I said, not not so much like Scott Parker, but sort of safety first. You know, that, how how inspired are you by Eddie Howe? Because I look at it, I was always a big you know big fan of him. You know, Bournemouth thought he did well with a limited squad, but I, I don't see there's much to get excited about. I just his brand of football isn't particularly exciting. Can be a bit dour, safety first, a bit like Scott, a bit a bit more mature Scott Parker. Is that fair? Or am I being try out for Steve Bruce beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chaos and disorder beforehand with Steve Bruce. <laughs> Keith, you know, from your perspective, Emilio's made a point uh, from his observation as a Fulham fan, he doesn't feel there's much to get sort of excited about with Eddie Howe. But, you know, what's your opinion on Eddie Howe? I, I'm, I'm certainly excited by him. I think he's he completely revamped the club. 
to why we ended up staying in the league after after uh, giving every other team in the league a fourteen game start. But like, just you know, what what are your opinions on anyhow, and and does he inspire you as as a manager of our club? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Eddie Howe was just what the club needed right now. To be honest, that building the club, we needed stability. Um, um, after what went before, the, you know, Richie's right with what he was saying. You know, the 14 years of underinvestment by Mike Ashley, it was a miracle those couple of seasons before that we actually managed to stay and club together and stay in the Premier League. Can you remember what it was like in some back end of February's and uh, sort of like, January's where we'd go on some kind of run but what we're like before that with some of the players that we had I mean we talk about a good um, 12, 11 players there for the first team we're struggling to scrape a couple of players you know, we're thinking right we've got Dubravka at the back, you know we've got you know we've got Maxi there in the midfield and then then it was Wilson and that was it you, you were struggling to, to get a couple of even a spine of a good first team there, really, and before um, the takeover and obviously before um, Eddie Howe came in. I think Howe's done an amazing job, really. This is the first major test for him, really. We've been unlucky with injuries. We've been lucky with, unlucky with a couple of um, VR decisions, etc., that haven't gone more way in games. Um Yes, would we have liked a couple more points on the board and would we have liked one or two more faces through the window? Um, yep, but come in January, if somebody had said we would have had Botman through the door, we would have had um, Matty Target signed up full-time, because if you remember last year, we only had Wilson through the door. and he, Sorry, not Wilson. We only had um, Willick oh, through the door. Willick, Joe yeah. Willick, thank you, Richie. Right. And... He, he 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 was gone, and we had to struggle to get him back in. To be honest, so this time we'll we manage to get um, Matty Target as well. And we've, as I say, we've got Nick Pope. We've got a couple. We've got a bit more strength and depth there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going in the right direction. Um, there's going to be times where people that will go forward just don't get. You know, like um, there'll be a couple of times where we're left waiting a bit, but. Give it a couple more windows. Think think of where City were and other teams were after their takeovers. It didn't happen overnight. It took about, I think, really three years or so for City to really make strides and go up that table and be competitive and start challenging for things. So your expectations for this season, what was that? Just just keep pushing on up the tables, you know, give you two or three years to get to maybe that top four, or are you expecting I- European football? Soon, I'm just looking at the clock 10 months ago for that first transfer win, all those big signings. You know, what were your expectations going into this season? Mid table, uh, yeah. I wanted to be mid table, I wanted to be firmly established in the mid table, not have that relegation struggle that we've had over the years. Um, and if we're pushing, we're pushing towards it, ninth, eighth, I'd be over the moon with that. I think I think we I think we we touched on it as well, Pete, didn't we? Where we we was we were thinking, you know, top half of the you know lower top ten, possibly up, you know, between tenth and seventh. That's a good progression from first and eleventh last year. Bear in mind, we we gave a lot of the teams a head start last year. Uh, you know, for, it took us to December to get our first win. So you know, if, if you look at eleventh for us, a natural progression really is a, a top ten finish. And mm-hmm. um, we've probably said you know top six. 
yeah, we would love to be there, but you know what I mean. But we don't. We're not. You know, we want to uh, walk before we can run, sort of thing. That would be probably be an overachievement for us. You know, there's nothing to say we couldn't sneak. You know, a, a European Conference place, but I think anywhere between seventh and tenth, I think all, all Newcastle fans would uh, snap your hands off for it. Okay. Yeah, uh, I've, I've said right from the beginning. Anywhere between um, ten and eighth is progression for us. It, it, it is, um, and you know, being in the top half of the table is progression. Then we can move forward. It it might not be what you know other people outside of Newcastle expect us to do because of the the, the talk in the media and all the rest of it. Uh, it might not even be what some of the players want. People like Bruno Gomez have come to the club not to mm. finish tenth in the table, but they also understand that it is a process, so they would expect that if we finish tenth on that, for example, that next season we kick on again. And we'd be even more competitive, and we would then be looking for Europe. Europe would be a firm target, but it has to be a process. We've got to do things differently to Chelsea and Man City. We have to, and the reason being is because their spending power and what they were allowed to spend back in those days is very different now. And um, everything's being watched um, and being sort of looked over with a fine tooth comb. And we we have to be mindful of that. We we had to wait another eighteen months to get the takeover that we all wanted for that reason. So it's not it's never ever going to be easy, and we're only just getting a year into it. Um, that's for sure. But um, just before, uh, obviously, I, I want to get predictions and and likelihoods of the show. But I just um, obviously I spoke to you earlier, media, and we. Uh, we talked about potential lineups um, for this game. So I just wanted to, I'll share the screen with you just so um, you can see. I've, I've, I've pulled I've pulled up the um, the tactics board and set out the team. I hope, I hope you can see that um, okay. Um, but I've, I've set out the team how I think Fulham are going to set out with the formation and, and the players I think that you, that you gave to me. Does that look about right? So... So Leno in goal, yes. Um, Tete. Um, not, not one second, Leno. Sorry. Um, yeah. Um, I would see Tim Tim Ream will probably go into central defence instead of Diop. I'd probably okay. see um, probably Anthony Robinson starting. I know you've got the Kazawa as well from PSG. He's, he's you know he's, he's in a squad. He's been on the bench the last couple of games. You know I'm not sure if he's 100 ready to start. Robinson's come back from injury after picking up a knock against Tottenham. So. He's been training this week, so I'd like to see him go back because he's had a, actually had a good start to the season before that injury. With Paulinho suspended, I think Harrison Reed will slot into that natural position. It's a, uh, you know, I'm not Harrison Reed's biggest fan. Fulham, most Fulham fans will know that, but um, but he does a job. He's playing a more advanced role, running around like a headless chicken at times and being productive in that in that role. But he'll go back to his customary sort of defensive midfield role. I'll probably see Tom Kearney coming in and sort of starting the game, to be honest, and. And then I would say the you know Bobby Reed, Willian, Pereira, and Mitrovic sort of in that attacking threat there. To be honest, I think that's you know who I think will start. Kedvana could start in place of William, but I think I think that's that's more likely than my 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 starting eleven. To be honest. Okay, is is the setup of the team sound about right? Or look yeah, about right? Yes. There's that position. Is that Reed? I think will be the automatic choice to go into that sort of defensive midfield role question mark around who will replace him in that more advanced role. So I think Tom Kenny will probably come and but then that you know, that would play to your advantage if you can get at that. If I think someone asks a question, mm-hmm. you know, what do Newcastle have to do to beat Fulham? I think it's it's doing what we've been good at doing is getting at the at opposing defenses, play that high line intensity, high intensity. If you do that, you know, stretch 
Harrison Reed and potentially Tom Kenny will be playing that role. And you know, we will concede goals. I think that's 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 the nature of this team. We you know we will score, but and create, but there's there's we will concede. So that's 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 a positive from a Newcastle perspective. If you get at our defence and and break through that midfield and get past Tom Kenny and, and Harrison Reed. Mm, interesting. Um, so you know where. Where do you think you you could potentially hurt Newcastle then? Uh, where where are the positions? Obviously, you've mentioned Mitro is that obvious choice of that person that could be that fox in the box that could cause a little bit of havoc. But where else on the pitch do you think, from attacking points of view, could that that Fulham could really cause some problems? Um, I think obviously use Mitrovic. I think sort of just you know getting gaining some yellow, you know free kicks and corners. I think getting from set pieces. But that's where I think we've got to. Look to get a lot of our reward from. You know, we've got we, our passing game is very good. It's very tidy, mm-hmm. organised. Pereira's been good from set pieces. You know, I think Pope's two games for England doesn't inspire confidence. If I was a Newcastle fan, from what I've seen, and you know, I, I think his screw up against Germany. And again, it's just his distribution looked quite poor overall. He looked quite slow. So I don't know how you guys have rate Pope so far, but just by looking at those two England performances, you know, clearly he's not good enough to be England's number one keeper for the World Cup. So I'd like to test, you know, test him from distance. So, you know, you know, give, you know, he's, 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 his handling has been a little bit poor at times from what I've seen against England. So um, I think we want to expose that. He's got to be uh, a little I, bit. I think, I think England's in isolation. If I'm honest, he, he didn't play well in either game. Um, certainly the last game, uh, he didn't play too well in. But, um, but actually, the statistics say that he's the best performing goalkeeper in the league in the Premier League this season. So he has played really well for Newcastle and he's been a big reason why we've not conceded many goals. And, you know, he's, I think he's got two or three clean sheets already this season. So I don't, I don't necessarily marry up the England performance with, um, with the okay. Newcastle performance. I think the key, the key to that is, is that, you know, when you've got an underperforming Harry Maguire and, and an underperforming John Stones in front of you, uh, compared to, uh, a very confident Fabian Shaw. You talked about Dan Berman. He's played. He's looked very good and solid. Botman, Sven Botman has also looked very, very good as well. He's got those assured quality centre-backs that are very comfortable on the ball um, and he understands the way in which we play. We play a lot higher line. What you'll see is um, uh, in, in transitions with, with the ball, you'll see Botman and Shaw very, mm. very close to the halfway line and we will push Mm-hmm. our team up the other way so when the ball is in this area these boys will be pushing right up to the halfway line they play that high line and force the opposition back but what's really good with Pope is that he's a, he's a sweeper keeper mm-hmm. so he gets that very quick he, he, he sees the danger early uh, one thing that Dubravka didn't do and he very he, he, he sweeps the ball up very well what he found was is Maguire and Stones were literally sitting on him so mm-hmm. he didn't have any options to play and I think that was a big reason why he didn't play well um, for England, mm. but that's just my opinion on that. But yeah, um, hopefully we see the Newcastle United Pope on Saturday rather than the England version. That's for mm. sure. Okay, interesting. And then the midfield battle, I think, will determine who's going to win this game or who's going to get the points. I don't, I don't think necessarily that there'll be many goals. Weirdly, I think your defence is tight. Like you said, you're not conceding many. You know, we're we're good on possession. Our possession stats this season are very good. Um, so I'll, I think it's going to be very, it's going to be a tight affair in my opinion. I think it's going whoever can. You know who's got better, better quality in that middle of the park will, will be the difference. I don't think there'll be many goals in it, and maybe I'm going to be proved wrong. But I still, I predicted a one-all draw. Uh, I think that's a fair result, but it, yeah, I think it could go either way. You know, at the end of the day, 
you know, you've not won in five games, you know, that, that run has to change. Hopefully not on Saturday. You can do it the week after, but hopefully not this Saturday. But um, it's this, this one's going to be quite close, in my opinion. I don't think it's going to, dare I say, it's not going to be a 4-0 or a 2-0 drubbing like the last couple of Premier League games you've had at the car. I think it's going to be a lot tighter and we'll compete a lot more than we've had in the, we did in those two games. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's been interesting to hear that. So, you know, f- from from your perspective, um, uh, Richie, Keith, um, just looking, I've just moved certain players around um, with regards to the formations. How do you think, um, uh, you look, I, I've, got, I've gone for this, this is my predicted lineup personally. Um, do you agree with that? Do you think anyone else is likely to be in with a start uh, from, from Newcastle's point of view? And, and how do you see the, the game tactically sort of um, playing out? I think for me, the, all, the, the question mark around every game now, it seems to be, is who's going to partner Fabien Shaw? It's either Sven Botman or Dan Byrne. Uh, there's a lot of people in the chat who are turning around and saying that uh, they believe that Lascelles might stand in because obviously he's, he's you know, the hustle and bustle with, uh, with Mitrovic, but also the fact mm. that. Dan, uh, he believe that uh, Botman's also never lost an aerial duel this year. So, you, you know, it's going to be a lot of uh, aerial balls put in the box for Mitrovic because it's one of his strengths. Um, I think the other possible question mark might be on uh, Sam Maxwell's fitness, uh, whether he's going to be able to make it. So, the, uh, you know, Fraser's had a good international trip with, Fran- uh, with, with Scotland. Um, so, you know, if he does get the start, you'd like to see him cons- uh, you know, con- continue with that form. But it, it, you know it's possible that uh, Sam Max will be there, and I think that just it just shows a little bit more strength and to come off the bench as well if needs be, if that is the case. Because yeah. we've always said that Fraser is a fantastic understudy for uh, you know as a backup to either Sam Maxim or Almona. Or, um, so you know, and then you've got Longstaff who can come on and, and possibly help out depending on how the midfield battle's going. But uh, I think obviously with Isak now being injured, uh, obviously Chris Woods out as well. I don't think he'd have started anyway. Uh, but obviously Wilson looks as though he's going to have to play in out front. Uh, you just don't want anything, to, as you know, Emilio mentioned about Mitrovic, you don't want anything to happen now to Wilson because obviously the the two other lads who we've got as a, as a our number nine out play in the middle are, you know, carrying knocks or injured. So um, so that's, that's the thing, you don't, you don't want him to get injured. We know he's a bit like glass sometimes. Uh, let's just hope he's, uh, you know, he's it's, it's toughened glass now. It can last a hell of a lot longer because we need him to at the minute. We do. We, we we definitely need him. Um, and look, you know, ASM was one of them. Look, it, it would be without question if there was a choice and was under set fit, he'd be starting ahead of Fraser. But I've got a feeling that we're going to play Fraser, that industrial player that can get forward, get back, and do a job. Certainly away from home. And then as the game opens up, hopefully as the game opens up later on, is you bring a fresh Alan set maximum on for 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm. and just ask him to cause havoc down this left-hand side. Uh, and, and that's why I, I kind of put him on the bench for that reason. Um, because I think, you know, bringing him on later, what it does, it eases him back into football. He's not playing 60, 70 minutes and potentially breaking down. He's having a 15 minute spell. They may open that up to half an hour in the next game, and or, or depending on how he gets on, they might they might then give him the sixty minutes against Brentford. But um, Keith, from from your perspective, you know, uh, Richie's made some points about some of the potential changes, certainly with the Botman Shaw or, or and Burn kind of um, triangle of who's going to start. Is there any other alternatives that you put in there? I've got Sean Longstaff there. 
um, yeah. as another option. Was, could, could you yeah. see him coming in here? I was, here, just, about Bruno ask, yeah. I was just about to ask about uh, Bruno's fitness because we know Bruno as well. So I was just wondering if maybe Longstaff could figure more. Um, and also as well, Elliot Anderson at some stage of the match as well. Is it worth where we've got issues um, in attack? Is it worth um, bringing on Elliot Anderson at some stage of the game as well? Uh, it would be optimistic to think Wilson could, if he's starting, could you know last long into the match. Um, what what are, what other options would we have up front? Mm. Um, I think the only other option he'd possibly have, and it's something we've done before, is if Wilson's struggling after say sixty minutes, you might actually have to see Alan Salmax on play through the middle, which he has done before, uh, because realistically, this you know. You could technically play Joel Litton up top, which is where he was bought, but we've seen where he struggled before. It would be interesting to see how he would play under Howe with the extra confidence behind him. Um, but, you know, you could, as I said, you know, there's a good chance that ASM could play through the middle, and then obviously that frees up one of the, uh, the, the, the substitutes for Anderson to play on either of the flanks. But he, he scored the wonder goal against Wolves away, playing as a striker, because that's what we did. We, we yeah. took Wood off. Uh, and played pretty much for 20-odd minutes, played ASM here. And what was great about that is there, there was an interchange. So ASM was here, but Miggy would make the runs in and, in and around this area. Uh, Fraser was doing the same. Um, and it was very difficult for the Wolves players to pick us up. What we did also have is Elliot Anderson, where Willett would, is currently making these runs in and behind. Um, and we were causing some real problems that way. So, yeah, um, I wouldn't put it past that being a potential option. I will. I do think they will um, give Wilson 60 minutes and see how he's getting on. I think it all depends on the game. If we're comfortable in the game and we're winning by a couple of goals, they might want to rest him. Um and uh, in, in kind of, you know, say 60 minutes is enough and, and make sure he's ready for Brentford. But, um, yeah, I think as the game goes on, if we're not winning and we're chasing the result, then I think they might take the risk and keep Wilson on. Um, th that's for sure. But, you know, just very quickly, just before we, we wrap it up, you know, uh, where do you think we can hurt Fulham? You know, uh, Emilio's talked quite quite openly about the some of the players and, and where he thinks... We can, we can kind of, uh, or you know, where we can be hurt by Fulham. He's talked about set pieces being one of them. Do you think set pieces is an area that we can exploit them? We get a lot of them. We have had a lot of set pieces this season, corners, free kicks, and we haven't necessarily utilised them in game though. Where, where, where can we hurt Fulham? Do you think? I, I think. As Emilio mentioned earlier, and I think that it's a battle of the, the midfield to for who wins this. Um, I slightly believe that I think we've got the better quality in midfield. Um, if, you know, Shelby was to be possibly fit, obviously I don't, I don't know how far away he is, you know, everyone reckons he's making, he's, you know, he's progressing really well. Um, but, you know, if you, if you were to have him you know, on that deeper role and Bruno and uh, Joel and further forward, you know, that one there pretty much would pick itself and I would I would see that being uh, commonly dominating over Reed and especially with I know Emilio isn't a big fan of Harrison Reed. Uh, I remember Tom Kenny for obviously past there, uh, you know, uh, you know, duels between between Newcastle and, and Fulham and uh, I don't know whether his legs have got a bit more now and he obviously not getting as much game time as, as he used to. 
Um, and Kane was in number 10 as well, whenever I remember. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This season, he's brought a calming influence to held the ball well. You know, it's, we're lacking a bit of options there, to be honest. You know, we've got Daniel James from Leeds United again. Yeah, I see him yeah, come, yeah. more like coming off the bench with half an hour to go and try to make something happen. You know, Cabano can play in that wide role, but that central midfield role, that's where we've slightly got some gaps, you know, with Palina injured. Shalabar's there as a backup player, but he's not really not really shining to be honest. Don't be surprised, he may even start. But I think Reed and Kane, a bit of experience there is required, to be honest. And it's going to be quite a tough, tight tussle then. I'm interested to look at Robinson and Trippier. Both like to come forward, both attacking fullbacks. We interested to see that battle, who wins that between those two players if Robinson starts. Yeah, I I I I'll be honest with you. And, and look, Keith, I'll bring you in on this. Um where I think Newcastle, if we if we're gonna if we're gonna win the game on Saturday, from my perspective, I think we're gonna win it on the counter. Uh, I think that's how we're gonna um, hit because we've got the pace of Wilson, Almiron. Fraser's not a slow player, but you've got the likes of Joe Linton and Bruno if he plays in that role. And I'll talk about why Willock's there in a second. But you know, you've got Willock as well. We've got pacey players that like to get forward. Target's not slow. The Trippier can get in and behind. He's got that quality of ball. Even if he's not got the pace, he can pinpoint a pass. And I just think that's maybe where we can really exploit um, the opposition that way. Uh, that that's just my that's just my opinion on that. But um, the reason why I got Bruno here, I've just switched it around, is because I don't know if any of you saw the Instagram um, uh, story of Bruno when he was playing FIFA. Um, and we were, and he was beating Sunderland 3-0. And what I was interested in, not the fact that he was showing us his goal that he scored, um, but actually I wanted to I wanted to see what his formation was in his starting lineup. So I managed to stop it and I looked and I was interested to see that he'd pick Willett playing in that defensive role. Maybe he did that so he could play himself further forward and he could get the goals, I don't know. But I just thought that was quite interesting that he played Willett there and I didn't know whether he was telling us something we didn't know. Um, I think the rest of the team was as we as as it was. Obviously, ASM for Fraser, but um, yeah, I didn't know if any of you had picked up on that one and what your thoughts maybe would be of Willett. I, I had to be honest, I'll be more interested to see how he's incorporating Wilson and Isak. That's what I'd be more interested in. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, a, a ton of, uh, oh, interesting. Actually, I think, I think he. Oh, let me go back to. I think I think he started Wilson up front. If I'm right, I could be wrong. I think he might have started Wilson up top. Um, I'd have to go back to it. But um, yeah, it was really interesting to see actually the fact that he um, that he picked that team and Willick playing there. Botman he had starting. I'm pretty sure he picked Willick. Pretty sure. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, that, that's something that maybe could be an option and that they try something new or Willick comes out and is that impact player later on. We know what he can do as an impact player. We saw it when he was on loaners and, and maybe do this. W would you be against this, boys? No, I, I think uh, the way that Longstaff had a good relationship with uh, Joel Linton and Bruno towards the end of last season, we've discussed that before. Um, they seem to have a good understanding and Longstaff seemed to be that person who was breaking up the play when teams were on, on the break and stuff like that. So I think you'd probably be He's ne he's never going to get that number ten role, which he's he's always wanted, which he always looked like when he was on his loan spells and stuff like that. Uh, I think he could probably do a better job as a hold and role in that midfield um, and leave the you know the attack and build up play to Joel Linton and Bruno, in my opinion. Yeah, I've just checked 
on Instagram. It was Wilson up top. Isaac was not in the team. Um, so, yeah. Uh, not afraid to drop the record side in there. I know. Tell me about it. But, yeah, um, I just thought that, that was interesting. But, look, we love to do, uh, Emilio, you wouldn't have seen it before, but we love to do this, this tactical sort mm-hmm. of battle. Um, we like to see how the teams might shape up and see, you know, what we've talked about, both yourself and, and from a Newcastle perspective, whether it actually plays out on match day. So, um, let's Emilio, see. Just, just, I was going to ask a quick question. What have you made of Bernd Leno since he's moved from Arsenal? Because obviously he was a goalkeeper that, you know, Newcastle had touted a little bit mm-hmm. as well at the start of the, mm-hmm. the window. Um, we knew from what I've seen of him, he's he was renowned for having a little bit of an error in him. What has he got that out of his game yet, or is he has there anything? Has he looked a little bit shaky at times, or um, not really? To be honest, he's you know clearly we needed a new keeper. I think we were we were linked with Pope before you guys came and snapped him up very early in the transfer window, and I thought you know Leno it dragged on the transfer. It was like uh, we were negotiating very hard with Arsenal. We managed to get him a, a very good cut deal price, and to be honest, we needed someone of that quality, that sort of. That physically, you know, Rodak's a good goalkeeper. He's not, but I don't think he's good enough for the Premier League to be playing week in, week out. And Lena's just added a bit more assurance, better handling. I think he distributes the ball better. You know, there's, there's been a couple of moments he's maybe flat or looked a little bit uncomfortable, but overall he's looked quite commanding there in that, in that position. He's, he's held the ball well. His distribution is just a lot, just a lot better than than uh, than Rodak. Just just seems more an accomplished Premier League player. So yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with this signing. I think. We needed someone of his ilk to come in and add a bit of, you know, a bit of structure and just assurance experience. And I think having, you know, we'll, you know, with our Reem, Adebayo and all that, they, they, they feel comfortable having um, Leno behind them. So overall, I think he's a good signing for us. We got him at a, at a bargain price. There's a few add-on fees if we get if we stay up the season. But overall, I think most Fulham fans are happy with this signing. Do you think it's a, and obviously I don't want this to be like a detrimental comment, but do you think he's he's not having that as much uh, pressure that he would have possibly had when he was at Arsenal and the Emirates? I think so, yeah. I think there's obviously higher expectations at Arsenal. I think here he's sort of, his expectations are more level, more grounded, shall we say. But, you know, he's handled well. He's made some good saves. He's made, he's, he's kept us, the score down in a couple of games against Tottenham. He looked, he was good. You know, the fact that we, the two were defeat flattered us, to be honest, but he looked good in that game. And, Overall, he's, he's going to be an important player. He'll save us points this season. I think that's that's important. I think you look at your goalkeeper. You're saying with Pope, you know, he's you know being very strong and you know in that position, you know, keeping it very tight, kept you in games. I think that you know, you know, the goalkeepers aren't always renowned for the saves they make. Usually, it's either strikers that take all the glory. So I think both our keepers will probably save us a few points this season. From what you said, and certainly from what I've seen of Leno so far, I'm very happy with him, and I think he just gives that calming influence which we need. Mm. Interesting. Um, thank you, Yano. Always with the always with, always with the positive comments uh, about one or two players. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't think he's. I don't think he's really, really slow. I think probably Trippier is slower than him. But yeah, he was good for um, us a few seasons when we got promoted. You know, we were trying to buy him from Southampton, but they Southampton wanted I think fifteen million. I think back about four years ago. So then he went to Villa. But you know, you know. If we had him in that season four years ago, we got promoted. I think you know we would have, we probably had more chance to stay up. I think we missed him, but you know, he's moved on a couple of times and he's still quite young, isn't he? He's what mid mid twenties, twenty six, twenty seven. He's a good player, a good player. I was hoping that we would have snapped him up in the transfer window, but clearly, again, he's one of your earlier signings. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's done okay. Um, I, I, he had a really good loan last season. Um, I, I think he started okay. I wasn't impressed with him against Tranmere. 
although he'd just come back from an injury, I thought he was quite poor and lazy at times. Um, yeah, so there's been a slight dip in form, but uh, I've kind of put that down to fitness because, yeah, I think he had a slight pull of his hamstring or a bad dead leg um, and he, he missed the game uh, or so to get back into the team. So I'll put it down to that. But, yeah, uh, I, I do think long term we will need to invest in another left back. Um I think that, that that would just be natural. I think he'll become maybe the successor or or not the successor, the the, the understudy um, to a, 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 a better left-back mm. as part of our transition. But um, we'll, we'll see on that. But it, for now, I, I think I think he'll do a job for, for Newcastle, that's for sure. Um, right, uh, just before we get to the, the, the end of the show, are there any um, pressing questions that you, you want to ask uh, Emilio that we can fire through? Uh, yeah, Tom's asked a, a good question, and he says, uh, Emilio, where do you think uh, Fulham will finish in the league this season? Um, so yeah, my minimum is 17th, staying the that's a that's my target, but you know, I predicted 14th to 16th, I think, realistic. I think in that sort of range, I'll be, I'll be again, I'll take survival, that's that's a, that's the minimum we want to do, and if we can get more points on the board and have, not have to struggle the, the last third of the season after the World Cup. I'll, you know, four, I think realistic is winning around 13th to 16th, 14th, 16th in that area. I think we will stay up. I think there are worse teams in this division. And then we can hopefully push on year on year. But it's the minimum we want is survival. So 17th minimum. OK. Uh, fantastic question from Lisa, who's a regular. Uh, will you be coming to Newcastle for the reverse fixture? Uh, also, have you been before? Just like to hear what we're fans that take on, on the City, St James and stuff like that. Yeah, been a couple of times in the past. And, you know, it's going back of in the eighties. I went in the eighties many years, and I went in one of our Premier League earlier games yeah, when we were there uh, about 10, 15 years ago. So yeah, great atmosphere. I do want to go to the corresponding games. It's been a while since I last went up there. Make a weekend of it, as long as they don't move it to a Sunday afternoon or a Friday oh, night. To be honest, so keep it Saturday three pm, please. And then I'll definitely want to come up there because it's a great day out, great weekend, and you know. You've got great passionate fans. You always make us feel welcome. That's important. In the same way we make you feel welcome when you come in. There's no, there's no rivalry between the two clubs. It's you know there's a there's a lot of passion between the both both supporters. And I think you'll we'll have a good fun day out the, the weekend. Hopefully we'll we'll be better off with three points. But let's see. Let's see. Set at five o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, I think our, our our fans definitely like the weird days down at Fulham and have yeah, the always, the board the Thames just before they get the Jordi Omana. Yeah, that's always, the one. Always have fun. Always have fun down there. And that's that's what we enjoy. Don't just you know, you know, when there's no agenda, you know, best, may the best team win. To be honest, and that's why it's nice to have you guys coming down. So you're very welcome to come year in year out. And there's one final question, which I thought it's a nice light heart. I to finish on. It's from Jolly Tune for Life, uh, and what he said is question for Emilio: If you could pick three London clubs to get relegated from the Premier League, who would you choose? Thanks, Ooh. advance, and good luck for the season after Saturday. Three London clubs. Yeah. We've got to put Brentford up there. Get Brentford to get relegated. That'll be nice. You know, it's <laughs> Crystal Palace. And who's who else? Oh, God. It's, uh, yeah, it's who else is there? It'd be nice to see it's not like a Tottenham or an Arsenal going down, but it's, it's unfortunately, our record against in London derbies in the last few years has been horrendous. You know, we finally broke that duck against Brentford. I think we went through nearly 20 London derbies without a win in Premier League games over, over a few seasons. So we broke that duck now. But a yeah, tough question. If QPR were there, they're our biggest rivals, QPR and Brentford. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's similar to Crystal Palace. I think they're, they're a bit too arrogant for their own good as well. I think sometimes, I think they're underachieving this season as well. I know it's only seven games, but they, they'll be disappointed with their points returned so far. 
What are your thoughts on Chelsea, Emilio? <laughs> Current Chelsea team. And it's ridiculous, isn't it? How much money they throw in there, to be honest. It's just getting not sustainable. How do the clubs like ourselves survive? How can we make a fist of it when you've got clubs like that just throwing bad money? It's just, it's not, something has to change there. Otherwise, it's just, it's, it can't be just about survival and pushing on top eight, top nine. That's why what Brighton did last year was incredible. And the fact that it's sort of pushing up the top upper reaches, where does it leave Fulham and Newcastle? Fighting for 10th and 12th and Premier League survival, we've got no chance. I mean, you're spending £100 million on a play. It's just ridiculous. But, you know, I've got nothing against Chelsea. Chelsea are a local club. I was born between the both stadiums. Uh, so, you know, they you know, were always probably a more dangerous club to go and watch because there was a lot of hooliganism in my time when I was younger. So that's why I went to Fulham. I went to Fulham, safer club, family home and, you know, no regrets. But, you know, I wish Chelsea well because they're a, they're a local club and good for London. So I don't mind if they win trophies. That I've got nothing against them. Interesting. No. Yeah, no rivalry, no rivalry between me and Chelsea. Never, never has been. It's always it's more the QPRs, the Brentfords that we've got a bit of a rivalry against. Yeah, yeah. good to know. Yeah. This is why, this is why we ask these questions. So, yeah, brilliant one there from uh, Jordan Team for Life. That's, That's for sure. And look, we're, we'll, we'll wrap up the show uh, 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 as always uh, before we get to the sponsors by just getting um, uh, a, a nice little prediction of what we think. It will be like 5 p.m. Uh, Saturday. So, uh, Richie, I'll start with you. Do, do you think we're going to be jumping for joy at three points in the bag or is it going to be another score draw? Um, or, or are we going to get our second defeat of the season? What, what, what are you thinking? Um, I do think both teams may score. Um, but I think Newcastle might edge it by the odd goal. So, I, I, I've, I've predicted two odd. Interesting. Interested, Emilio. What are your thoughts? Um, I know you've you've kind of already alluded to um, your potential result. But what what do you think? You know, I think you know as much as you know. I'd want. I think we're good. I think we can beat you on the day on on ninety minutes. I think there's not. I don't think there's much between the two teams. I think there's a bit more confidence in our team. You know, maybe overall you've probably got slightly more quality with, this, with that starting eleven. But overall, you know, if I t- if we get a point, I'll be happy. But I think there's no reason why we can't go in and win by a. Like the one, the two one. I think you're right, Richie. I think both teams will concede. I think the question is who's got enough courage, enough strength, determination, and there might be a bit of good fortune somewhere. Maybe that will nick, will result in someone winning the game. But I'll take, a, I would have taken a one all draw before the beginning of the season in this fixture. Nothing's changed my mind, but I think, I think it's going to be a, a tight one all draw. Interesting, Keith. What are your thoughts on the the scoreline uh, come Saturday? This game really worries us, to be honest. And Newcastle's form before the uh, international break worried us a bit as well. Um, I can see what Com just put in the chat there. I can see a 2 2. I could see a Desmond. I could see a draw. Um, but as well, uh, just because Newcastle is attacking as well and the chances that they've had and number of goals from open play, um, I can see full imagine it, if I'm honest. Um, Mitrovic is due a goal against Newcastle. He hasn't scored, I think, in about four games. Um, don't say it. Don't be right. Don't be right. <laughs> Jordan Two for Life. We just said it. You know, say it quietly, Jordan Two for Life. Don't put it out there. Keith, you, you want to be invited back next week? <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing. I'm trying to wear positive colours because I'm hoping that I'll, that'll the formal change mm. of Newcastle in front of goal, and I'm hoping that. I want I want to see a two one. I want to see a, a, a certainly, but 
I, I think the best Newcastle can hope for in this game would be a draw. But I can see Fulham edging it as well. I've come to expect it from you, Keith. The old sit on defence uh, with your prediction. I've, I, I didn't expect anything different from you, uh, to be honest. Um, look, I'm going to go... Um, I, I do think it would be a tight game. I'm going to go 1-0 Newcastle. I think um, I, I think it'll be a tight game. We, we don't concede many goals. Um, I think... Yeah, I, I, you know what? I think it's going to be one of those games where we have everything other than loads of goals. So I think there's going to be a lot of action in the game, a lot of chances. Um, but I think maybe one goal will potentially win it. <laughs> Jordy team for life is... I'm a heel, not... aren't I? I should be, I should be at WrestleMania. I'm a heel, Pete, aren't I? <laughs> Triple H. You are Triple H all day long. Um, the, the ultimate heel. But yeah, um, I think a 1-0. A 1-0 win to Newcastle. Um, could be on the cards. Um, so I'm, I'm going to stay and remain positive because some of the boys are back. Wilson, Bruno, potentially ASM, Anderson. Well, we're getting our players back and I think with the international break could have probably come at a good time for us. So 1-0 uh, from my perspective. Um, that's for sure. And just before we wrap up, of course, we have to say a massive thank you to all of our sponsors starting with Simon, who's been in the chat tonight. So thank you, Simon, as always, www.childburns.com. If you haven't looked at the website, um, fantastic, fantastic support. He's um, been supporting all things mental health. Um, we talked about it um, previously um, and he's um, been involved in Be A Game Changer and he's a champion for that um, alongside uh, the um, ENU Foundation. So fantastic supporter of all things mental health. Um, and if you haven't checked out his gear, please do. Um, he's got some fantastic gear and he's, he has tweeted that again. Um, um, some support in linking up with some of the gear. And of course, um, if you haven't seen the Away Days gear, I've got the Brazilian version. Um, paying homage to Bruno and Joe Linton as well. But also thank you to Pins and Prints. Um, we always promote the pins and prints, and um, I want to see what what their new what their new um, pins and prints are, uh, what's available. Uh, we've talked about the Trippiers and the Fabian Shaws. Um, I wonder if they've got the ASM Wonder Goal against Forest, um, not Forest uh, Wolves, up and mm. up and running yet. So I'll have to have a look at that. I've had, I've had a look online. There's nothing up being updated as yet, but I know the Dean's been having a break. But I did an email the other day, so I'm just waiting to hear back from him. Okay. Excellent. So we'll keep an eye out for that one. Um, Marty's Machine House. Um, thank you very, very much. Some some new gear available, as you can see on the screen. Love that top. Fantastic. Um, definitely one uh, for, the, for the list of purchase, that's for sure. Um, some fantastic hoodies and gears. Um, all local, um, all local brands um, and all local uh, sponsors uh, for the channel. Uh, which we really, really appreciate. And finally, um, a massive thanks to Dean at um, the Geordie Rise. Um, uh, fantastic gear available. Um, lots more on our other um, thread. But, of course, we've got Oogie um, promoting the Geordie Rise T-shirt here. There's lots lots of other gear. Uh, again, I've got some on, on purchase 
uh, with Dean um, for some of the other gear and, and on the other shows, I'll get these pictures switched over so you can see the, the quality of um, uh, merchandise that's available. But massive thank you to all the sponsors, of course, for mm -hmm. your support. It, it means a lot to us and it allows us um, to obviously promote your brands, but also um, to give the channel um, that push that it needs. If you haven't already, um, please click the subscribe. So any new viewers of the, uh, of the channel, click that subscribe button. We are on the way to 5,000 subscribers and and those uh, that just that one click of a button does make a difference as well. Um, if you want to consider being a member, click that blue button that you can see on the screen. Uh, for $1.99 a month, you can become a member of the Loaded family and be involved in the prize draws, some of which will be coming up uh, within the next week. So keep an eye out for that as well. And look, um, it was talked about earlier on in the show. Um, you know, hit the like on the way out. Thank you, um, Colm um, Bugler, and thank you for your support. Um, click that thumbs up on the way out. We've had, you know, 80 plus watching the show live with us and we'll have many more watching it over the next couple of days. So click that thumbs up means that more people can see the show, fantastic show, and the fantastic opinions um, of the likes of uh, Emilio, who's taking the time to join us. But look, I'll, I'll, I'll end it there. Um, Emilio, massive thank you to you for taking the time um, to talk Newcastle. Fascinating opinions from you. Really, really great to to hear. And, and look, in the, in the turnaround fixture, it'd be great to have you on again. Absolutely. Be happy to join. Thanks for having me on. It's a great show, great sponsors. Keith, Richie, Pete, yourself, fantastic, you know, hosts and, you know, pundits and all that. I you know, wish you all the best for the rest of the season. You know, right, Saturday obviously excluded, but look, there's no rivalry between our, both our clubs. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be hopefully a good season for both of us. You know, I really enjoyed the show. And, uh, yeah, all your listeners, you know, subscribe, hit the like button, like you said. It's And a massive thanks to all your sponsors as well. They're all doing a big difference for, for our society. So, yeah, kudos to those guys as well. And just before you go, where where, where can anyone find uh, find you, and, and where can we find you talking all things Fulham? Yep. So me personally, Teddy Nello, that's, that's, and then Cottage Talk is a Fulham our Fulham fans podcast as well. So we'll get you on our, on our show as well this season. It'll be good to have you guys on there as well. So um, yeah, look forward to having you on. But yep, do follow me. Just just press the like button. Go onto YouTube. You'll find us Cottage Talk there as well. So yeah, it's we're growing as a brand as well. We've got many you know many fat followers. Twitter's been our biggest platform but we're sort of now evolving into into youtube as well so we're just we're slowly creeping up so we've got a long way to go to hit your targets but yeah if everyone watching here can follow college talk that'd be much appreciated fantastic brilliant richie keith always a pleasure never ever a chore thank you for joining us tonight in in sharing your opinions and look uh we we pray from a newcastle perspective for for three points uh come five o'clock but thank you for everyone in the chat Really, really appreciate all your comments uh, and questions. Um, sorry if we didn't get all your questions in, but we will next time, that's for sure. And look, over and out. Um, as always, yeah. we do love playing away. You guys, take care. Speak to you soon. Take care. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Thanks, Emilio. <laughs>